Today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking to head coach of Ohio State, Chris Holtman, who joined us for about 30 minutes, Tate. Uh, great, great interview with him. He's a, 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 an OG friend of the program, goes all the way back. He, he's never actually been on the show, but he always he listens to a lot of shows. He'll text me about things we're talking about. He came to our live show once upon a time. Yes. When he, like, not long after he took the Ohio State job, he comes to our live show and we asked him in front of a crowd of probably 200, 300 people. Um, how much cocaine does he think Eric Musselman does? And he looked around like, "What the hell have I got?" Yeah, he said, he said, "I thought these, <laughs> I thought this was a respectable program. Where am I right I was, now?" Yeah. I was certain in that moment he would never ever come on our show again. Uh, I've been proven wrong. He, he came on the show, so he, he he joined us and talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, he took a two year break uh, and decided to, <laughs> to to see what would happen with us. We we were able to survive that. Now he's back, and like you said, I mean, Chris Holtman has made the full journey from Gardner Webb, a small school in North Carolina, to Butler being an interim coach to a full time coach at Butler, all the way to a big time program in Ohio State. So. But one thing I love about him, and and I mean this seriously, he carries himself like he's the head coach of Gardner Webb, which is good and bad. Like he still, for example, he is very nice to everybody. Like you have to be if you're the head coach of Gardner Webb. Um, but the flip side of that is he also cares about people a little too much, and he should just probably just tell people to kiss his ass. I'm the Ohio State coach, and you don't need to like. Yeah, he, he he'll worry about everyone a little too much. Well, you just did you just did the yeah. Michael Scott thing where you described his weaknesses, but they're also strengths. Yeah, he, yeah right. he, he cares so much that uh, he will do a great job. He does. I've told him this before. I was like, you don't have to worry. You think Urban Meyer when when he was the head coach of Ohio State, he cared about like <laughs> what, what certain guys were saying about? No, tell with that. Who cares? So I'm trying to work with him there. Uh, but anyway, he joined us. Uh, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but um, I've I in wake of the last dance, Tate, the MJ versus LeBron thing is uh uh is back and it will it'll never go away it is it is the cockroach of of sports talk um so i i got to thinking about it what are the topics in college basketball that are like mj versus lebron that no one like we all like everyone wants to argue about them and there's no answer and there's no point of arguing about them and it's just annoying as hell that everyone argues about them so we're going to power that's that's what we're going to do today is we're going to rank our top five annoying college basketball arguments uh, I don't know if that makes sense to the listeners, but it makes sense to me, and hopefully we'll explain it better later. Yeah, well, you brought it up to me, and you said you know you wanted to do this, and I said I don't even know if I have a top five, just because there's too many like things going on to to argue about. They're so specific, and you're like, I have so many. I have. I 10. have a top so, ten. So, 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 there might, so, so, yeah. so it might not be. I don't even think I have a top five. I think we have your top ten, and then my commentary just, on okay. your top ten. All right. Um, so All when right. they do the list, Fox, when you do the list, just put not available. <laughs> my top yeah. five and then just put Mark's well, top five. When we, did the, when we did the top five Last Dance characters, you mentioned 400 people. So I think you can just take some of that and you went above and beyond on the last one. So this one you can... <laughs> I, I pointed on entities. Entities. The Scotties. The Jordan uh, family. They're singular. So that is what's on the docket today. Uh, but first... Woody Durham. All right, Thursday afternoon, Tate. Uh, some personal news in my life. I finished the Harry Potter books uh, officially last night. I'm I'm done. I I am now. Uh, I, you can spoil them for me. I was I was very nervous about this. It took me about um, three months to read the first three books, and then it took me like two weeks to read the last three because I just got I got or the last four. I mean, because I got so paranoid about having things spoiled and all that that I just like had to dive in and. Hey. So. And yeah. for the listeners that don't know this, I mean, this is the first time, right, that you've read through this all This is the first Harry time I've ever read it. Yeah. yeah, Harry Potter was for nerds. Harry Potter mm -hmm. was for chicks. Harry Potter yes. was 
as as an alpha male myself, I'm not reading about some prepubescent wizard boy. Um, and then quarantine was come or actually I think I started reading them before quarantine. I lost a bet to one of my friends, and she she part of the bet was she told me she's been trying to get me to read Harry Potter forever. And she's like, if you lose, you have to read the first book. And then I read the first book and I was like, all right, this is. Oh, book. you're hooked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, I had to I had to see it through. So anyway, I mentioned it on the the Syracuse kansas thing we did you mentioned that the the order of the phoenix i think or the mm-hmm. album of fire whatever had come out and i mentioned that i was reading them and i was so worried that some that, that some dick on twitter was going to hear that and like spoil things for me um but they didn't i made it through i made it yeah. through the end. congratulations <laughs> you made it through the wilderness uh, i just want to say this i have no respect for voldemort none zero <laughs> none i have Not no respect guy. bad guy uh, bad voldemort guy. bad guy a lot of a lot of people they 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 don't like him. He's bad, but they're scared yeah. to say his name because they respect him. I have no respect, none, nada. I call him Tom Riddle. I don't even call <laughs> him. I son him like that. <laughs> no respect for the guy whatsoever. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, w- what a journey I went on. So uh, now I get to watch the movies, I guess, and and break those down, and then um, I don't know. Then I have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my quarantine time after that. Oh, <laughs> boy, do I have a podcast for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right all those all those times i was rolling my eyes doing binge mode uh plugging binge mode um who knew that uh i was the target you would one day be one of those people. yeah you would be an hp person you're gonna wear glasses next time uh-huh. it's gonna be a whole thing you yeah. go to the conventions um all right so some news and notes in college basketball before we get into our uh, top five annoying arguments um two things have happened number one the ncaa has punted on the uh, one-time transfer thing tate that mm-hmm. that is being tossed around uh we, we talked to Coach Holman about the spoiler alert a little later in the show, and, and he is of the opinion that it's eventually going to get passed. And I think that seems to be the general thought, is that eventually there will be a, a time in college basketball where guys will be able to transfer once, and penalty-free, so to speak. Like, you'll be able to transfer your first time transferring, you'll be eligible immediately. Um, there was talk about it maybe happening as soon as next year or happening immediately or anything like that. Uh, it is not going to happen now. It, is, it won't take effect until 2021 20, 22 at the earliest, mm-hmm. which is, man, every time I say that, it just sounds weird. 2021 20, 22. Um, that's the earliest it'll take place, Tate. So just want to, to mention that. I just want to say this. When you think, when we talk about all these topics in college basketball, I mean, a, a word, a coin phrase, something that they should probably trademark is eventually, because I feel like every time we bring up anything in the NCAA, it's eventually, this will happen eventually. Players will be able to make profit off their name, image, and likeness. Eventually, we'll be able to find a way to, to spread the all. wheels turn slow, Tate. The NCAA yeah. wheels, is, uh, uh, they turn oh so very slow. Um, and, and the worst part of this is that the, what they're coming up with will be a comprehensive package is what they're calling mm-hmm. it. And let me just say this. We don't need any more comprehensive packages from the NCAA. Mm-hmm. The rule book is already a comprehensive package of BS. We don't need any more. We, we just need the rule to be as simple as one-time transfer, you're clear to go. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm in agreement with you there. There's, it's not really, like you said, eventually, eventually, we'll, eventually we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually this package, it will happen. Eventually, yeah. we'll break it down. But uh, for now, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then the other, the other big bullet point that we should hit that's like not really, I mean, I don't know what really to discuss it, but we can't really, there's not really a discussion to be had. It's just, I just want to mention that it's happening. Um, the NCAA has approved voluntary workouts for football. Men's basketball and women's basketball starting on June 1st, uh, with the caveat being that the rest of the sports will be sorted out later because uh, they don't make us any money. So we really get to shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that. We'll figure yeah. that out later. Yes. But uh, voluntary workouts are back. So like, like I said, like it's it, on, on the one hand, you want to get excited, but uh, 
you know, does this mean sports are coming back? I don't really know, but at this point, I'm so desperate. I'll take whatever I can get. So I'm excited about that at least. Yeah, it's a silver lining of some sorts. Yeah. And like you said, people see that announcement. Pete Thamel puts it out to the world. We get the John Rothstein. Here we go. We get the Mark mm. Titus on top of the John Rothstein. the John Rothstein. Here we go. <laughs> and John Rothstein me, retweeting that and saying it spreads. It, it, let like, me ask it you felt this. real. It felt like it was back. Let me ask you this. There's a sentiment amongst the uh, the normies, as we call them. Those of us in sports journalism, we call people that aren't uh, uh, th- that don't have the blue check marks. They're just called normies. They're just normal people. They don't they don't actually matter. Um, the, the peasants of the world will say. Um, there there is a sentiment amongst the peasants that uh, sports journalists don't actually want sports to come back. That seems I've seen that a lot. That like, why is it that everyone that covers sports seems to not want sports to come back? Tate, I ask you, as someone who covers sports for a living. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you want sports to come back or not? Let, let's figure out where you stand on this issue. In a word, <laughs> yes. I do too. I actually do too. So I think I, if you're keeping score at home, um, I, would, I would prefer... That's two for the good guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> two for us. We do want sports to come back. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> How Slytherin is upset. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Yeah, uh, we're, these, these two guys call it like they see it, man. That's what I love about that pod, the Titus and Tate podcast. They're not afraid to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They want sports back. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think this necessarily means that sports are coming back. College sports will be back. Mm-hmm. But if college sports are going to come back, this had to happen. So that's good. Yeah. This that, this that is a good workout's gonna happen. Yeah. This is a good first step. And uh, it's funny you mentioned like the two points that you wanted to hit in college basketball, and you didn't hit one of the points that I thought you were gonna hit. And I mm-hmm. think so. I'm gonna add in that you thought it was a two prong attack. It's a three prong attack. Number three on the list, and number one in our hearts, Mac McClung. Mac oh, McClung yeah, yeah. Is, is back in the world of college basketball yeah. and better than ever. He has narrowed his list down to seven schools. And Mac, did McClung, you see? Did you see that? Uh, <laughs> was throwing shade at Rostein. Uh, what what is it called? Subtweeting, I guess, because yes. uh, Goodman tweeted that I just got asked by a PR somebody or other to put out a list of a guy's top not not a guy's top seven, an announcement that an announcement of a top seven is coming. Mm-hmm. And Goodman's like, I'm not entertaining that. Meanwhile, like in my I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter, I see that, and then I scroll like three more tweets, and it's Rosting tweets out, Matt McClung will announce his top seven. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, at tonight, 6 PM. yeah, tonight at six or <laughs> and uh, and then our guy, our guy Jim Root from uh, uh Three Man Weave. Uh, I saw, I saw his comment on it. He's like, we now have an announcement about an upcoming announcement to set the stage for uh, an announcement about where the announcement will be made for the real announcement. It's, it's, that's where we've arrived with, with all this. So <laughs> it's too many layers. It's too many people that are involved in announcements. But the only thing I will say about Mac McClung is that what I'm learning in all the transfers, like when we just had Matt Harms on the show, there's like a, a, a group of schools that they identify themselves as like the elite transfer school. Yeah, you know, right. It's like, like, like Texas Tech and is, is an elite transfer school. You don't get recruited by Texas Tech as a high schooler. You get recruited after you've been at a school for two mm-hmm. years. You're only averaging eight points per game and not enough playing time. And you're like, I want to go to Texas Tech. They're my top school. It's actually a better option than Duke in the transfer market. You know, mm-hmm. uh, BYU is one of those schools. So it, it, Coach Holtman mentioned this to us about, you know, schools may not even recruit high school guys. They might just be transfer schools. Mm-hmm. Chris Beard, I think, is going to be the guy that does this. He's starting and, to do that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see Mac McClung to Texas Tech in my heart. Oh, and I, I, and, and, and I, I feel it in my loins, and I feel like Chris Beard is ahead of the game. Don't sleep on our guy, Steve Forbes, uh, also on the list. <laughs> Wake Forest. Um, McClung, McClung put out a video where he's 
he, he's it's a picture of him and then the jersey keeps changing of, yes. of the seven schools that he's what, what is the list by the way I, I had it in front of me i had it written down let me see uh texas tech auburn memphis byu usc arkansas and wake forest those are his seven um but the usc i don't know if you caught the state the usc jersey as he's cycling through had a captain c on it <laughs> so he's already uh He's already saying, if I'm going to USC, I'm naming myself captain. He's been guaranteed that's, that's the that's captainship yeah. of the USC <laughs> team. They're like, I, you will be the C. You will be our captain. And the, and the Photoshop of him, he's got, when, it, when it cycles through the USC, he's got a little C on his... Uh, Let's do a video C. where we do a, oh, captain, my captain, to Mac McClung. Like, we're Dead yeah. Poet Society, and we just give him his moment. Because he is going to be the most controversial figure in the offseason, are we, and then when are basketball we, starts, we won't care. Are we gonna get? A, are we ever gonna get a, a situation where a guy is transferring, um, or maybe he's just being recruited? But I feel it'd work better if it was a transfer, uh, where a guy just like he he publicly he makes all of the recruitment public. Where Matt McClellan comes out, he he enters the transfer portal, and all the teams that are calling him, he says to them, the first thing he says to them is like, "I'm making a documentary about this," or like. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're putting every conversation I do is going to be live on Periscope or mm-hmm. live on Instagram. And so you go through the entire process and it's full transparency. And every phone call that Mac McClung takes, he's like broadcasting live on Instagram. <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen. I, I, yeah. I feel, like I, I feel like we're almost there. Yeah. It's going to be a zoom off where he's like basically giving different links to different schools and they all click on the link and see if they pop up with Mac McClung. Yeah. <laughs> and one school luckily comes into a chat with Mac and they're like, yeah. <laughs> USC has the shirt with a captain. They're like, here you go. You're our captain. Chat roulette. He's on chat roulette. <laughs> and he just hits the button. Then the someone school. hacks in. <laughs> it's suddenly it's a penis. And you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> where is it going? The banana slugs out of nowhere. Uh, Matt McClung makes a, a seven-part documentary produced by himself that he sells DSPN about his <laughs> Yeah, it's the, uh, the all-access Matt McClung's recruitment. <laughs> it's like the oh, JJ. It. It's like the JJ Redick video when he signed uh, with the Sixers uh, think, a few years back. Yeah, it's a whole thing. That's the, those are the two. Th- I'm adding that to my list now. I want a recruit to come out and say that I'm willing to commit to whichever team wins the national championship. Uh, that, that's my number one dream. My number two dream is now for a recruit to say I am going to in real time have full transparency with my recruitment, and every conversation is going to be broadcast live, and I'm just going to let the whole world in on it instead of because we're already like we're already pretty close to that point that these guys are saying, I'm going to announce my final seven at the, you know, yeah, so, no, it's already getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> a little ridiculous is uh, to say the least. Like I, I remember like 10 years ago when puppies were being brought to like, you know, football announcements. I was like, I, I think this is about the time that we've read the climax of uh, this whole situation. Um, you mentioned the recruiting though, and the phone calls we've heard multiple coaches now say that they've been on the phone for upwards of 10 hours a day talking to recruits. Mm-hmm. And if I know anything about the next generation is that they don't like talking on the phone or mm-hmm. even know how to talk, uh, for, you know, based on my cousins, at least like they, they kind of keep to themselves. So one, our coach is actually talking to the players this long on the phone mm-hmm. uh, during this whole period. Uh, and if so, what are they talking about? Two, if they're not talking to the players, are they talking negotiations? And that makes sense. Like if they're talking like, like dollars and cents for 10 hours and, and mm-hmm. negotiations and brass tax and how to get players somewhere like what will, will, will Wade is doing based on the scheme that would to me take up 10 hours of your day mm-hmm. so I want to figure out what that answer is no uh, they're talking they're talking to other coaches about uh, they're just griping to each other yeah they're all just complaining to each other about yeah. how they can't do anything they're yeah, bitching right. about the guys that transfer from the right. program it it's option three it's yeah. option three yeah. they're all, all I think that's what's happening the coaches are talking to each other they're bitching about 
transfers that are leaving their programs. They're bitching about uh, coaches like Will Wade that they assume are cheating, and they're like, "I'm I'm doing it clean." What about you, Bob? Are you doing it clean? Like, of course, oh, I'm, I'm doing, doing it clean. clean. Yeah, of course, John. You know, I do it clean. It's like, well, well, we hate the guys that aren't. Don't we? <laughs> yeah, 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 they're bitching about that, and then they're probably just bitching about coronavirus as though they're the real victims of all this that they mm. that they lost out on like uh, an NCAA tournament bonus or something. <laughs> yes, I, I see that happening too. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Well, let's let's do our let's do our top five annoying arguments because I uh, just want to get this off my chest. I guess. Um. So the, the premise here, Tate, was that uh. The Last Dance has 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 turned sports talk into MJ versus LeBron again, once again, and it's a it's an argument. It's reached a point. Jordan versus LeBron has reached a point where I honestly think it's like satire. Whenever I see it on, if I if I turn on ESPN or Fox or anywhere else, and I see MJ versus LeBron colon who you got, mm-hmm. I I think there's some sort of bit happening that like there's there's no way they're actually in it is discussing it is this. Yeah. It, it, it's still been getting good ratings for ten um, years. That's the and, and then when I find out that it's not, and they're like actually seriously debating it and throwing out stats and all that, I just want to bang my head against the wall. And I, I started thinking about it. I was like, this happens to me a lot in college basketball too, that there, there are topics that I'll see people arguing about. And I just want to pull my hair out. Like, what is the point of this? Um, so I thought, why not make a top five list? What, what, are, what are the arguments that, that get you fired up? Not necessarily that you're passionate about one side or the other. You're just fired up that they even exist because you just want to scream at everybody. What are we doing? What is the point of any of this? Well, it, <laughs> it, one of the first ones I can point out is, is pretty easy, which is the best rivalry in college basketball. And it's one of those things where as you run around and, and you get people talking, there, there's a difference between best rivalry in college sports and best rivalry mm-hmm. in college basketball. I think in college football, the best rivalry is Ohio State, Michigan. Thank you, Basketball, Tate. it's North Carolina, too. But there are lots of people in the basketball world, because it's a regional sport, as we know, that say maybe Louisville, Kentucky <laughs> is the best rivalry in basketball. Um, and, and the list goes on, obviously, especially when they won back to back national titles. And then, yes, yeah, yes, and, yeah, and, yeah, 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 that was, a, that was a big one. So that one for me, uh, it, just because it, it's close to my heart with Carolina Duke, I, I would say the best rivalry argument, which I feel like it's not really an argument, but when it is, it gets on my nerves. I had that, uh, I had that in my honorable mention. So you, you did not make a top five. It's okay if you didn't. It's fine. No, I did not make a top okay, five I'll make because it, you, I'll go to you my top sent five. me the list and right. you said you had a top 10 and I said, you give your 10 <laughs> right. and I'll give my thoughts. Well, that one was on my list as best rivalry because, uh, part, part of, part of my thought with this too is like, once you determine what the answer is, what do we do with that information? You know what I mean? Like that, that's the, that's what I find hilarious about the Jordan versus the Bron thing is like, Okay, let, let's say we actually, first of all, we're never going to agree. Like, I mean, the people that are fighting are never going to agree. Of course. Um, but even if they did, even if they like reached a point where it's like we figured out a compromise, we've solved this. Now that we have that information, what do we do with it? And the answer is nothing. So it just, it's, it's maddening <laughs> that, that this is a thing. Um, and best rivalry is that. It's like, even, even if you turn to Kentucky Louisville fans and you're like, yeah, you guys have the best rivalry. Is that what you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Then what does, that, what does that mean? What do we do with it? Nothing. It's not like there's a banner. You can't hang a banner that says best rivalry. You can hang a banner that says best fan base. Yeah. You can't, you can't hang a banner that says best rivalry. Yeah. You can hang a banner that says best fan base. And uh, wait, yeah. when is that happening, by the way? When's the billboard going up? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I know exactly where the billboard has to go. Uh, it's exit 106, 15501, right when you were about to take the turn to go to uh, Duke's campus right there. We've already mm-hmm. marked it out. I'm ready to go. So when they let me put it up, I'm ready. All right, so here, here, here's my top five. I'll, I'll do my own top five here. Uh, number, number five for me, and I, I have a handful of honorable mentions. I'll save those for after I do the top five. Those are my top five. Yeah, those are your, you would make those your top five. Uh, 
Number five for me is any discussion about any discussion that uses the word fix in, in, in relation to college basketball, how to fix college basketball. Any, oh, uh, anybody that says, uh, here's the problem with college basketball. It's the one and dones. That's what's killing it. Mm-hmm. Or here. No, actually that's not, if you want to fix college basketball, you got to fix the transfer thing. Pay the player. Like l- just using the word fix as though college basketball is broken. College basketball is unwatchable. College basketball is dead. Um, anytime I see the word fix and people are arguing about how they can fix a sport that makes billions and billions of dollars and is a national phenomenon for an entire month and like people cannot get enough of, uh, but we need to fix it because, uh, in the NBA, James Harden scores 50 points every so often and Virginia sometimes scores 43 and wins. So therefore we need to fix this, even though money and interest is, is through the roof. <laughs> Money and interest are supposed to be the things that, like you said, would be the fix, uh, where you make the fix for those things to gain. So if the things are already in place, what is really the fix? Uh, when you first said the fix, immediately I went to like fixing games, and I was like, yeah, I don't like. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I don't like those yeah. arguments either. Like the fix is in, you know. Um, so yeah, both sides. Yeah, Anytime fix. It says fix it's, it's- also rules. Like I, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. Like I, I, I think charges should be banned, but that's not what. I, I guess I'll say it this way. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in this caveat. Like, I don't mind having ideas on how to make the game better or whatever. Like, I think charges, sh- I think help side charges should be banned. I think that's a dangerous play. Let's get that out of the game, whatever. But I don't say that we need to put that in there to fix the game. I don't think the game is broken. And my way of fixing it is ban charges, or my way of fixing it is move the three point line back. And that'll fix everything. The big problem, I think, is blank here's how we fix all of college basketball uh that's number five on on my that's a good number list five. because like uh it just drives me nuts and no one and everyone thinks they and if you made a list of all of the ways to fix college basketball there would be at least five thousand things on that list mm-hmm. and and by the way i need to remind everyone college basketball is not broke it's great it's fantastic <laughs> it's okay it's it's doing just fine uh all right number four on my list is the best conference um this mm-hmm. happens every single year Every single year, it's uh uh in it, it's it's been it's kind of a byproduct of the I, I assume it happened before the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but that's really sending into overdrive. Is that mm-hmm. the ACC Big Ten Challenge happens? I feel like whoever wins that argues that we have the better conference, and here's proof. Whoever loses it says that doesn't prove anything. All that proves is that you had favorable matchups, and certain teams got home games while other teams had to go on the go on the road. Like why did why did we have to play at Cameron Indoor Stadium, whereas this other team got a home, you know, people start arguing about that. Um, then it goes on to halfway through the year, we start throwing out Ken Palm rankings that the big 10 has 11 teams in the top 39 of Ken Palm as though that means anything. And then, and then the ACC chimes back and is like, well, we have four teams in the top 19 in Ken Palm. So we're actually better. And then you're arguing about that. And then eventually it becomes whoever has the most bids. And then each stage of the NCAA tournament, as teams get eliminated, it's like, well, we have nine teams in the NCAA tournament. And then the Sweet 16 happens, and you're like, we have four of the Sweet 16. And then we have two of the Elite Eight. And then we have two in the Final Four. And then we have no national championships because that's not what the Big Ten does. Uh, so just that whole discussion about who has the best conference, it's, it's everyone is talking past everyone else because some people mean – Best conference is like whoever is the deepest. Other people mean it's whoever has the top teams of the top. And no one really knows what we're even arguing. But every single year, arguments over who the best conference happen. And 
again, I remind you that it does nothing. Like even if even if someone came out and said, "Yeah, it's definitely the Big East. You definitely have the best conference." That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's also I I I think it's a byproduct of the football uh, conference world of the SEC and all that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously the ACC Big Ten Challenge like creates that divide. That's before all that, but like. I was at a, a Tennessee football game in 2010 where they're chanting SEC and they're playing North Carolina and the SEC. <laughs> I, I don't. I like. I didn't. I didn't know we were playing the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the first you know times I was like, wow, they really, really love their mm-hmm. conference. And you know, it doesn't translate as much to basketball, but conference supremacy and and superiority or whatever you want to call it, it's a very weird flex. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, the whole thing is the whole okay. thing is very bizarre. Yeah. Like, all right. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, the SEC is the obvious, uh, the the, the yep. most egregious uh, violators. But only in football. That's that's. But funny, it's really only it. football because, like, honestly, it, in in basketball, I feel like ACC and Big Ten argue a lot, and then the Big Twelve chimes in and is and the old Big East, the and, old and then the Big East, East yeah, the Big East swears that they're the best. And mm-hmm. uh, to all of you, I say you're all right. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It, 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 it really doesn't matter. And I know someone somewhere is like, yeah, it does matter because it it affects how many bids get into the. No, it doesn't. Look, look we, really can all ag- it does. we can all agree on one thing. It's not the Pac-12. Yeah, it's not the Pac-12. We, we know the Pac-12 is the worst. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, we start yeah, there. We can- yeah, 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 let's build our way up from there. <laughs> um, no, but that, that happens every year like clockwork. Uh, it'll, it, it's, it's, and it drives me insane every year because I, I let it, I guess. I should just block it out, but I, but I can't. I, I'm no, too stupid. Don't, so don't that, block that, is, that is number four on my list. Um, okay, number three. I have... Where would Gonzaga finish in the Big Ten, ACC, Big East, Big Twelve, in a power conference, other than the Pac-12? Basically, where would Gonzaga finish? That is a, uh, or or just in general, like Gonzaga's strength of schedule. Um, I don't know. This is this is a broken record of of every year Gonzaga wins like thirty something games, and as they're climbing into the polls and they get ranked in the top five, and then they stay there forever because once they get into conference season, they basically never lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and they're always in the running for a one seed now by the end of the year. And then when the calendar turns to February, people just go into overdrive of like, how the hell can you consider Gonzaga to be a potential one seed when they don't play anybody? And if they were in the Big Ten, they wouldn't even finish 500. And um, that happens every single year. And it's especially annoying because we have an NCAA tournament that like first, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where they would finish in the ACC tape because they're not in the ACC. That's it's stupid. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> like like we that. might as well Check we that. might as well be arguing like if Gonzaga's guys played football instead and then they had to play the Cowboys, how many first downs would they get? Like who what? What are we doing? This is all irrelevant. And number two, um, if your fear is that like they're going to be handed trophies that they don't deserve because they're they're beating up on cupcakes, that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament, is that they're going to have to go out and prove it. They're still going to have to win six games to win a national title. So it's not like, you know. It's not, it's not like we're playing 1947 football where like we're going to vote with them number one and, and hand them the national championship. They've got to still earn us. Like who, who gives a shit how many games they'd win in the Big Ten or ACC, you know? Yeah, and Dayton's one of those schools this year we saw that where everyone was you know, pointing to Dayton. They're like, how can they be mm-hmm. a one seed? They, mm-hmm. they couldn't have survived in the Big Ten if they played. If they had to play Iowa at Iowa, they would get beaten by 30 points on a Tuesday night or whatever they were saying uh, from the Big Ten world. And I mean – Sure, could be true. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, we can't make that happen. So uh, yeah, yeah, like, what, what do we do? Who cares? Like, we're gonna find out soon enough. Just shut <laughs> yeah. the hell up. Like, we'll figure Let's it out. Until they enough. play in the Elite Eight or the Final Four, the title game, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and not not to mention, like, it's become especially bad. The Gonzaga stuff's become especially bad because Gonzaga's actually been they've been to five of the last or three of the last. 
five elite eights Gonzaga has. Almost mm-hmm. won a national title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should have won a national title if, if he had three Could competent. Could have won a national title. Yeah, yeah. Could three have. competent <laughs> officials. Uh, and Gonzaga maybe has a banner. Um, so even even the idea of like like the, it, the I, I think the the Morrison era of of just the image of Adam Morrison crying because they lose a Sweet Sixteen game and this idea that they were great all year and then choke. <laughs> it, that's long, that era is long gone in Gonzaga basketball anyway. So it's like kind of stupid to be having it even on that basis alone. But even if you want to have the discussion, it's stupid because again, who cares? It doesn't matter. Even if, who, yeah, if Gonzaga gets a one seed or two, like that's the other thing, one seeds and two seeds. I really don't feel like they matter that much. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the difference between a one seed and someone's going to throw data at me and be like, well, one seeds go to more final fours and one seeds. That's because one seeds are better teams. Mm-hmm. Like if one seeds, if you took all the one seeds every year and gave them two seeds instead, just to see what would happen, I bet two seeds would go to the foot. Like it's, Teams win. That's how it works. It's not about the <laughs> so it path itself. Yeah, yeah. Like the difference between a one seed and a seven seed—that's a big deal. But the difference between a one and a two is ultimately—it's just like it's the, the only the only ultimate thing is like recruiting, basically, to say we've gotten one seeds each of the last three years or like. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it doesn't actually matter for the path. Yeah, it's for I, your I media. So. It, it's for your media book. It's for yeah. like when you go through the game notes before you play Ohio State, for example. You know, you look through and you're like, oh, they've made three Sweet, sweet Sixteens in the past five years, like da da da, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But that's all you know, fodder, if anything. And then you also mentioned the Gonzaga. Like, I, I think it's funny in college basketball. What you are is what you tend to be, unless you were able to, to, to mm-hmm. somehow debunk it, like like what Bill Self and Kansas mm-hmm. was able to do. Um, when Mario Dean Smith couldn't shot. win a national title, yeah, exactly. Suddenly, like, like you are who you are, and then the best once coach you do of all it, time. Now you're the greatest yeah. coach of all time, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Tony think Tony Bennett sort of, chokes until yeah. he does. Jay Wright, yeah, all these guys, yeah. That's yeah. Gonzaga's problem. It's like the people that are on these shows have been on these shows forever, so they think Gonzaga, Adam Morrison, oh yeah, yeah. they lost. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but a, a newer, fresher face, maybe like, oh yeah, Nigel Williams, Goss, and Karnowski, and Collins, and. You know, all these guys, they're, they're so great. Gonzaga's a powerhouse, and it's like they've become that over the past decade. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that's my number three. Um, moving on, number two for me is uh, Blue Blood discussion. Anything, anything involving Blue Bloods, uh, I, I don't understand why this is a fascination with college basketball people. I don't understand what we're doing. I don't understand why this matters of who the Blue Bloods are. Is UCLA a Blue Blood? Is Indiana a Blue Blood? Does UConn count as a Blue Blood? They have a lot of titles, but they're all recent. Um, who are the blue bloods of college basketball? Even if we all agree, what do we do that information? I don't understand what the point of that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the the facts that well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on it because this, this is one of the ones you throw out. And I'm like, let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the blue it. bloods. Uh, the so blue blood, have every one of these arguments. He's like, let's do it. Let's the do blue it. blood phenomenon is uh, it's unlike any other, and it's funny because Duke has some somehow been able to like kind of wedge their their way in there, and everyone's kind of just let it be. You know, Duke was the last one to get their entry point in that group. You know, like UCLA is definitely more entrenched than Duke is, but somehow we've been able to be like oh yeah duke's 100 percent in yeah. kansas is definitely in kentucky's definitely in carolina is definitely in i think ucla is definitely in i think duke is the fifth edition because they've been able to and i think they beat uconn out for the fifth edition if it wasn't for uconn duke would be the like johnny come lately of the blue blood discussion right yeah because exactly. ucla's won one title since duke started winning titles exactly right yeah yeah ucla won all their titles before duke started so like duke is yeah, it doesn't have the the long storied. No, Duke is but, one man. Duke is a one man band, and and what happens when the leader leaves? That's what we're waiting <laughs> on. But he may never leave, so they might be a blue blood band? forever. What happens to the band when the one man in the band <laughs> leaves? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> 
There are there is no band. Let's hope. Philosophical question. I wasn't prepared for. Let us hope. Uh, no, I, I, the blue blood thing is, is, I, I don't know. We should, we should, uh, I, I saw Twitter has a new, fe- <laughs> we've just started a conversation about who are the blue bloods. Well, no, I saw, I saw Twitter has a new feature that you can mute. Like you can, you can turn off like replies to your tweet. You can tweet things like certain people can now tweet things and like have no replies. No reply. Yeah, we yeah. should tweet that. We should, we should just troll people by tweeting. Like here's our blue blood list. And it's like, Syracuse, Louisville, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, no, and Arizona. And none of them are blue. Uh, my, <laughs> the best, the best one I saw that was like uh, the Chicago Bulls tweeted like, "Respond if MJ is not the goat," and then they locked it. The yeah, response. they locked it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I, I did the blue blood. I, I don't under, like. Do you get like extra money if you're blue blood? Like, if if you get blue blood status, is it like the uh, yes. the blue <laughs> ribbon schools? Like the I remember that was a thing. My my parents were teachers, so I remember like when their schools got like certified as like national blue ribbon schools, mm-hmm. and, like the government gave them mm-hmm. some extra yeah. money or stuff. Is no, that how it works? Like you get blue blood status, and then yeah, it's, it's like nationally it's like nationally board certified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like I think it's like a, a a blue check mark of sorts. You know, it's just like you're a blue blood. You get is that, your check. Is that knows. how? And then if you're a blue, if you're deemed a blue blood, then in, uh, if you commit violations, the NCAA doesn't come after you. Exactly. You're going, you're going for Cleveland yeah, State. There it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it makes sense to me now. Never mind. Yeah. I take that. I take that off the list. Uh, all right. And then my number one, my number one annoying argument, um, which actually isn't even annoying because I love it and I've turned it into a me. I've tried my best to turn it into me myself, but uh, the reason, the whole reason I started tweeting about it is because I I was just fascinated as to why people were arguing about this. Is Scott Drew a good Drew coach? A good coach. Bang. Yeah. Had to That's, be number one. Mm-hmm. I I am so fascinated by Scott Drew wins a basketball game and he has like five people in the media. It's always like the same five guys. And one of them is always Seth Davis that tweets, tough, tough night for the Scott Drew can't coach crowd. Mm-hmm. And that is what they always say. And every time Scott Drew chokes chokes a big lead away, every time Scott Drew blows it in, in, in Scott Drew fashion, mm-hmm. those people are nowhere to be found. We don't hear from them. Uh, and then all the all the like Kansas fans basically or fans of the Big Twelve will start chiming in and be like, "This is here we go again with Scott Drew. The, the guy can't coach. He's a bum. He cheats. Whatever, whatever." Um, I'm so fascinated by Scott Drew and and college basketball community trying to determine <laughs> his his abilities as a head basketball coach. Uh, and I don't understand like what 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 goal we're working towards with that discussion of. If we find an answer, what does that even mean? What does it even mean? And we, whenever you mention Scott Drew, I have to mention the fact that he came into one of the worst situations ever created in college yeah. basketball, and he was able to turn that team into an actual basketball program that is, you know, a top fit, not top fifteen, top twenty five program, whatever you want to call it. And then he also has been very humble throughout the whole process. Yeah. He has like the Drew family that he comes from. Like and he's never family. Like, there's a million reasons why people should like Scott Drew. Yeah, but nobody wants to know. Uh, but nobody. he's never won a. But he, but he's also never won a trophy in his career. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so that's there's true. there's that too. I I wanted to, I sh- we should do a uh, video. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the Daily Show. Was it Colbert that did the uh, Stephen versus Stephen, or was it Colbert and Carell? I remember the it was Colbert and Carell where they would debate each other. Yeah, yeah. Or am yeah, I yeah. mixing? Or, or I did Colbert used to do something on the Colbert Report where he would debate himself. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Stephen versus Steven? Yeah, Steve versus Steve, something like that. Um, but I'm picturing Colbert debating himself on the exact same issue, and I want to make a video of myself doing that with Scott Drew, being a good coach. And I make all the points you made. It was like, look at what he inherited. Look at what he's done. He's he's killing it. He's one of the – not only is he a good coach, he's a great coach. He's one of the top 15 coaches in college basketball. 
And I'm like, that's not too, so fast, yeah, Mark. That's too far. Yeah, that's too far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Top 15, too far. Not so fast. The man's never made a Final Four. He's <laughs> never won a Big 12 tournament or regular season. Uh, are we sure he's a good coach? <laughs> No, well, that um, is the greatest question in college basketball, and I'm happy that's number one. That, that that's my number good. one. Uh, just annoying argument that seems to be. Uh, it's it's you know it doesn't have the cachet of an MJ versus what? Why why is it that uh we never we never argue about that? That's not an argument in college basketball. No one ever argues about who the greatest college basketball player is. Of all time. Is it because just everyone disagrees? It's Kareem. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think everyone's why? already decided that no one can top the fact that a guy that played three years, won three titles, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty that's much it. Yeah. yeah, that's the best. Uh, we can't think of anything better than that." Christian Leitner doesn't do it for you. <laughs> no, uh, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, you know, I was trying to think of, like if there's anyone modern that you could even point to. That I, I mean, Hansbro would be the only guy, like a Tyler Hansbro type, but he won one title. And, hang on, hang on. So, My dad's calling in. He's he's wait. No, Is it covered? He, he hung up. He just texted me. He said, "Pistol P averaged forty-four a game with no three-point line." <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, but but again, you got to talk about winning. You know, what I mean, yeah, no. like, they don't they don't they don't count Pistol P. People have forgotten Pistol Pete existed. Uh, which is very frustrating. And if you haven't seen the video of Red Auerbach losing his mind watching Pistol Pete dribble a basketball, go do that in your free time. Yeah, Pistol Pete, like when he when he's taking the ball and he's bouncing it and about to smash himself in the balls and, and Red Auerbach's like just staring at him like, oh my god, this guy's the best player is- ever in college basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he said right there in that video. Yep. I thought when Bob Cousy dribbled behind his back that one time, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But now Pistol Pete is yeah. is almost hitting himself in the penis and he's not. Wow, I don't know how he does it. What a magician. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting though. We 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 really I I feel like I don't really see a lot of debates about the goat in college basketball, which it probably just makes sense cuz Kareem is so much head and shoulders. But even the coaches like like even K versus Wooden is kind of a thing, but not really. It's not like I don't know. Yeah, and it's fascinating that somehow Coach K has just been able to just kind of garner that position, you know, where mm-hmm. everyone's like he's the best of all time. He's the greatest of all time. But it, but if you're it, you're you're not going to get engagement like you do with MJ LeBron I've, uh, for obvious reasons. But I mean, it's not like uh, if if college basketball shows like us are lazy and we have nothing to talk about, we can't just throw out like a Wooden versus K debate because like people don't really care that much. Like yeah, see, in North Carolina, the debate is the Jordan LeBron debate. In North Carolina is basically Dean Smith versus Coach K because just like you know LeBron, Coach K copied everything that you know. Michael did, you know what I mean? That yeah. Dean did. So it was like the exact same sort of conversation. But no one would say Dean Smith's the, the GOAT in national conversation. Right. Maybe Bobby Knight could be one of those guys outside mm. of Wooden. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think that he has the uh I don't mm. think he has the good favor, I should say, <laughs> in the media world for them to say that. So I think it yeah, it's Coach K. Uh but yeah, Bob Bob Knight has no respect for John Wooden though. So <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, um, there is that. Some other honorable mentions of annoying arguments. Uh, I had court storming on the list, um, but I felt like the one, the reason court storming didn't make it was because to me, I guess it's sort of worth having a discussion because you start discussing like liability and player Mm -hmm. safety and all that. So it's like, at least there's like a, a goal that we're working towards. That's why I didn't put it in my top five, but I do find it it tireless and just annoying that like, it's always a debate every year, but at least there's like kind of a re like it's, there's kind of a reason to have the discussion if that makes sense. So I, I didn't put that in my top five. Yeah. There's a safety reason, but it's also, it's one of those things where we, uh, it's become a joke in and of itself. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's where we are. Yeah. it's, It's one of those things that like no one really seems to be switching sides on where they stand on it. Um, 
And then the uh, same thing with pain players. Like pain players is annoying as hell, and no, there's it seems like no one is changing anyone else's mind on on how they feel about that. But at the same time, like it 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 actually is a discussion that I guess is worthwhile because whatever the outcome of that debate is is going to change the fabric of college basketball. So it's like eventually, yeah, eventually, there it is. There's the big word, eventually. Uh, and then the only other uh, uh, honorable mention I had was like the idea. I couldn't really hone in on what I meant by this, but it was the the value of national titles where you see people arguing over like, well, your titles happened all these years ago, so they don't count as much as the ones mm-hmm. that happen now. Mm-hmm. Or um, you, you see people trying to give UConn asterisks because like the, <laughs> the, the 2014 team was horrible and they won the mm-hmm. national title. And 2011 was ninth in the Big East and they won the national title. Basically, the or, or do, you know, like – do the pre-tournament titles count? I say no, but other people are like, yeah, they do. Uh, and I say yes. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> um, arguing over national titles as though there's value to and, – and again, I say, what is the point of any of this? So uh, I, I put that on my list, but that was honorable mention. So. Yeah, the point is tradition, and I think yeah. that's the funniest part about all this is that everyone is arguing over things that are – you know, it, it basically, like you said, it's the MJ-LeBron fact, which is your, your mind's not going to change. You know, no, no – no conversation that you've had with the other side of, of the aisle is going to change your mind about what you're doing on this side. And yeah. that's the funniest part about it because it's just two people yelling just basically yelling, at yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's and fun. that's, uh, that's yeah, I don't know if that made any sense, but that it did to me. Those are the, those are the arguments that drive me insane. And so uh, I'm sure now people are going to, uh, I don't know, try to get me to engage in them <laughs> yeah exactly just to, just to like, troll good me. Luck. yeah good luck that will be brought up from now on so th- that is that is my top five uh all right let's get to it let's talk to coach holman um here it is our our interview with Col- before before we do though i want to say um just a little caveat we we interviewed him he is currently in south carolina it is his daughter's he says it in the interview i think it's like his daughter he, it's a tradition birthday or something like that yeah they drive down as a family and they they mm-hmm. hang out there um so he he it's a little windy. The audio is a little windy. Um, he, he, we did the best we could with it all. Uh, so just to give a little backstory on that, um, you can expect that. But otherwise, it's a great interview, and he's awesome, and we love having him on. So here it is, Chris Holden. All right, joining us now is the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He is one of three men to win Big East Coach of the Year and Big Ten Coach of the Year. His name is Chris Holtman. And, Coach, we have to start here. Uh, almost six months ago, your team, my team, I, I consider myself a part of the team. Um, we went into the Dean Dome. We won by 25. I have rubbed it in Tate's face for the last six months. My question to you is, when should I stop? Uh, should I ever stop gloating about this? I'm going to follow your lead on this one. Um, wh- what's, what's the protocol here? Well, great being on with, uh, <laughs> with you guys. And I would, we play uh, Tate's team again December 19th. So I would think I believe it's December 19th of this year. So I would think all the way up until December 18th. Yeah. Go at it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Coach, Coach, that is not the answer that I was hoping for. (laughs) I hope that you were going to say, well, Mark, you know, we hit 2020. That was, that was in the past. It's one game at a time. I I wanted some coach speak from you, but uh, I guess I'll have to listen to this for a few more months. You know, one of the things Thad told me about Mark, he's, he's kind of his own person. He's a little bit hard to control. Uh, he's, uh, so I don't think that suggestion by me is going to do any good. I think he's going to use that all the way up until, uh, yeah. until they answer. We actually were excited about playing, playing them again this year. You know, one of the things that I will tell you is, um, you know, in all seriousness, Roy's, Roy's been unbelievable to me throughout our, our career. You know, we've, I've coached against him 
Um, and I apologize about the win, but Coach Williams has been unbelievable from, from Gardner Webb, from Butler uh, to Ohio State. He's, he's really gracious in wins and losses. And I always wondered about that when I was at Gardner Webb, right? You know, he, he was really gracious when he was giving it to us time and time again in those, those guarantee games. And then we played him um, my first year at Butler and when I was the interim coach in Battle for Atlantis. And he was – and we won that game, and they had a really good team, and he was incredibly gracious. Um, and then we played him a couple years later, and in the Sweet 16, we were about to play him. And uh, it was really interesting. I, and he and I had become friends a little bit. He, um, he called our office. And he called our secretary and said, hey, could you leave Chris Holtman a message? I'd like to – and you guys may know this about Coach Williams. You may or may not. But, you know, he enjoys, he enjoys gambling a little bit, you know. <laughs> he kind of in, enjoys, uh, enjoys having a good time a few days before the game. So we were scheduled to play um, uh, North Carolina in the Sweet 16. And uh, we were at a location that, that had a casino. That game was scheduled, and he calls me the week before, and he says, hey, uh, how about meeting my staff, your staff, going to, I believe it's craps. Is it a craps table that he loves to play? Yeah, he loves craps. Yeah, he loves craps. <laughs> uh, lo- loves craps. And I, I'm not a big, you know, I, I, I'll i do blackjack a little bit, but I'm not great at craps. So I, you know, I, I, I told my staff, or brought my staff, and we had like a staff meeting. I was like, hey, listen, we got a game to prepare for. It's like Coach Williams, probably his, you know, 15th Sweet 16. It's our first uh, as a staff. Like, should we do this or not? And one of my, one of my assistants is like, Coach, like, he's trying to soften us for the game. <laughs> like, he's trying to soften us. And uh, I decided against it. Uh, didn't work. They beat us anyway. Went on to win a national championship. But he's, uh, he's one of the all-time really good people outstanding coaches in our profession and coach Holtman I have to I have to bring this up for people that don't know I have to I, Michael Wilbon moment as Titus and I always call it I was at that game in 2014 in Atlantis in the Bahamas and like you said I mean you were at that time I believe the interim coach right for Butler and yeah. you guys are playing North Carolina North Carolina has Marcus Page Bryce Johnson Joel Berry all those guys that you saw you know in 2017 when they won the title and you rough them up. It was a horrible game. I uh, it was like playing an old Duke team uh, as a North Carolina fan. You guys, it was, it was fundamentally sound. Uh, my my dad was losing his mind. He was like, "I'm going to be a Butler fan after this game." Uh, I, I I remember you at Gardner Webb as well. I mean, what a climb from Gardner Webb to Butler to Ohio State now being the big programs. I mean, is it hard to kind of wrap your head around that because it seems like it happened almost overnight? Because that that Butler game seems like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it, it really is. It is hard to wrap wrap your head around it. You know, we we were sitting at, at the family uh, table here um, uh, just yes, just last night, and we were talking about my daughter's celebrating my daughter's uh, second birthday uh, when we were at Gardner Web, and we just reflected back on what's transpired in in eight short years, and it's been amazing. And I think. Like any coach will tell you, and you guys know this, it doesn't happen without um, really good players. And I've been really blessed. I've worked for great athletic directors. I have a tremendous one now that I that I that I just have great respect for. And it, that that that's what helps you uh, 
uh, accomplished things as a coach. And I'm really excited about where we're at right now. But it's been an amazing journey of eight years and a lot of moving for sure. Coach, you and I have talked, uh, speaking, speaking of Roy and just your relationship with him, uh, Tate and I, we, we, we did a show not too long ago about the 03 National Championship game. And uh, part we, we spent a, a lot of time discussing after the game when Roy kind of talked about uh, he was asked if he's going to take the North Carolina job. And, and you could tell he, he like wanted no part of it. And then we kind of discussed like uh, how he eventually does take the job and he's emotional about his time in Kansas. And, and um, the whole reason I bring that up is to say we've talked about it privately, your decision to leave Butler and how much it, it affected you and how like how tough of a decision that was. And I think a lot of times coaches get just like, you're always chasing the money. I think that's the general public is just like, you don't care. You're always chasing the money. And I know how much it, it, uh, it, it affected you to the point that uh, maybe it affected you a little too much when we played Butler in the, the PK 80 yeah. and we, yeah. we, we let the game slip away there at the end. Um, <laughs> how, how hard was it actually for you? I, I know you, I know this is like a few years in the past and you kind of want to leave the past in the past, but uh, you've never been on this show. So we want to talk about it now. Um, sure. That decision to leave Butler and just kind of now that you're, you've been at Ohio State for three years, as you reflect back on the decision to leave, how you left Butler, all that kind of stuff. Like, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, just you, you said it. You said it, Mark. It just was. Um, I think what happens is is like like in anything. You know, we we know with social media and we know in general that that there's skepticism about coaches and why coaches make moves and when coaches make moves. I remember that transition. Uh, with Roy from, from Kansas, North Carolina. And I think, you know, people think it comes off as disingenuous when coaches are saying that. And it's anything but that. I think there's, you guys know this, there's tremendous uh, relationships that get developed that are really hard. And, you know, something like when I left there, um, it was it was really emotional. It, it, I can count on, you know, it was second or third worst day of my life, to be honest with you, um, going through that experience, talking both with our players and um, and and an administration, an athletic director, and, and Barry Collier, who's great to me, and a tremendous president. So it, it was a big challenge. And so much to the point, and you and I have talked about this privately, is I did go back and forth. Initially, I, I wasn't, um, I just wasn't ready for it. And uh, Gene was really persistent. And uh, obviously, we all uh, know the phenomenal, top of the line, maybe none better job that Thad did in his, his tenure here. Um, and I, I think for me, it was, I, I just wasn't sure I was ready to make the move. Um, but I think the opportunity to be at a place like Ohio State uh, ended up being the reason. Mm -hmm. That and the fact that I had a staff like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> like why are you having second yeah. thoughts and, you know i got a columbus boy on staff that was uh adamant that uh i was having some mental issues at the time you know so they helped me process. yeah Absolutely. And then, Coach, when you get to Ohio State, obviously, you know, Titus and I, we did a live show in Columbus, Ohio. We had you there. But you walk into a pretty good situation, right? The, the, cover, the cupboard is not barren, as they say in college basketball. Sort of like what happened with Roy Williams. You go to a program that, you know, there were some players in place. Kata Bates-Diop is, is on your roster. So the first year you get there 
and things go great. And then, you know, the, 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 the standard is set. Hey, Coach Holtman is here. Uh, he's going to be, you know, a big savior for the basketball. We're, we might be a basketball school now, of course. Then you blow out North Carolina earlier in this year. Uh, you, you beat Kentucky. All, all the signs are pointing and all the momentum is going well. How do you sort of, you know, manage expectations? And, and then also- Tate, and then Tate, <laughs> and then in the postgame press conference after we beat Kentucky, Tate says, Do you have a message for the haters? And then yes. he submarined our season for about a month there. Yeah, I, thank you. Tate. I've, come to, I've come to realize. <laughs> That there's more that goes into that question than I actually realized. At the time. Yes, <laughs> the, the hate just keeps coming. That's unfortunate. Like once you address the haters, the waves come. Unfortunately, Coach, I'm sorry. About that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that asked a time or two. Uh, I've seen you ask that a time or two to some other coaches. So I realize that's a standard question uh, that, that comes. And uh, I was a little caught off guard, to be honest with you, about it. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's. Listen, uh, you're exactly right. Those that know our story, it, it's a bit of a – the roster is a little bit uh, in a unique shape because um, uh, towards the end of Thad's tenure, he was really readjusting his roster, to be honest with you. He was he was making some decisions uh, with kind of the middle of the roster, those middle years, uh, where he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to kind of bring in more of, of guys – um, that, that I want to coach. And yet re- the reality is just there was a senior class that was outstanding, like top of the line. And they had struggled the year prior uh, with injuries and just struggled in play. So the expectations were very low. And yet we had we had an outstanding senior class. And you had Jay Sean Tate, Tate of Bates, those guys are as good. I mean, as a four-year players as you're going to find in college basketball. Now, we were thin and we didn't have great in terms of numbers, uh, but when you have elite talent like that who both embrace, that's hard. When you have, uh, when you come in, in in June and you have guys that are established, um, you know, neither guy was all top preseason all conference, so they had a lot to prove. They finished that year as Big Ten Player of the Year, and I believe JT was the second team all league guy. So I really benefited. Our staff benefited from that, added motivation in a class. And yet in the middle of the lineup, we had some work to do. And that's kind of what we've been in the process of doing. We obviously got off to a great start. And then we struggled in January like crazy. And I think everybody thought that Carolina game pointed to that Carolina game as as kind of an arrival. And then the the Kentucky game a little while, uh, maybe a month later, a couple weeks later. And yet we knew that we were still very much a work in progress. And uh, the Big Ten beat us up in January. But as any coach will tell you, man, you, you learn a tremendous amount about your team in those, like, in those valley moments of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't – like, you, you, you know at that point as a coach, okay, we've got something we can work with here or we're going to continue to have valley moments for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. And you don't always know. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point where you're like, okay – uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit our peak here at some point. I felt that about this group um, that we were gonna hit our stride, and we did in February, and March. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing the way some some Ohio State fans were just gloating so much over regular season wins. I couldn't believe how. I blame I blame Cal too. Let's not let's not lose sight of Cal. Yeah, that's like, the big the, one. Yeah, yeah don't put it on me. John Calipari yeah. said to the world that you guys were the best team in the country. Yeah, he knew he knew what he was doing. He was gassing up all the guys and and, and infiltrating the locker room. And why, coach? Why do why do guys with the last name Carr kill us? This keeps happening. I don't know. I don't know. What's going on there? We, we are going to recruit any car that is 
load of mid-major good yeah. right now. We, we are gonna we're gonna stockpile and yeah. take cars. You don't even need to play them. Just st- stick them on the bench so they don't beat us. That's, that's all. Right. That's all I really need. No, um, no doubt, Minnesota. But I, I will tell you, there, we all know this about Coach Cal. He's as good as it comes. There's very few things that come out of his mouth that don't have an intended purpose. So, <laughs> You know, I think uh, going into that game, he, he did uh, put us up as maybe what one of the best teams in the country. They had a fantastic season, too. Uh, that was a great game in Vegas uh, playing them. Two really good teams um, and a great game. Um, speaking of coaches that are working the media and all that stuff, uh, you've been in the Big Ten for three years now. And part of that, if, if Tom Izzo hasn't told you already, part of being a Big Ten coach means answering for other things that Big Ten coaches say in other interviews. Um, that that just comes with the territory. So we have to we have to talk about Matt Painter a little bit. Um, Matt Painter coming out and basically putting the transfer culture on blast and just saying the like uh, I don't know like I think everyone knows kind of the comments that he made there. Um, how are you How are you navigating this as a a it, just the obviously coach we've had some I, I keep saying we uh, Ohio State has had some transfer uh, a couple guys have transferred out of the program. Um, Justice Suing is transferred into the program, and, and I think uh, he's going to be awesome for for the Buckeyes next year. Um, as as you as you think about like Matt Painter talking about the transfer thing, and like transfers have become a big thing. Like the NCAA's voting on it. Will transfers be eligible? Um, that that actually got pushed back to to next season. But um, that's kind of the big thing. Where where do you, where do you fall on all of this? Uh, because I think I think the general public is still. Every, everyone kind of knows that more guys are transferring than ever before, but at the same time, whenever you see guys, tra- multiple players transfer out of a program, everyone pretends like the sky is falling in that program, even though it's kind of happening everywhere. Um, what is your just overall vibe of, of the culture of transferring in college basketball? Well, I think at some point, right, hopefully that will get normalized. The reality is the player movement's been happening, as you guys know, for 10 to 12 years. You know, I, I told people the other day, I said, you know, you look at it uh, from 2010 to 2014, there was one transfer on all the final four teams in those years. You go to the previous four years, the previous four years from from, uh, this, from Virginia's run, there were 13 starters who were, who were transfers. So it's been happening for a while now. That's the reality of our game. I think you either adjust or, or you're going to get you're going to get lapped here. And uh, so there is an element of recruiting right now. I, you know, I've had coaches. It's interesting. I've had coaches that I've, uh, my staff have talked to, and I've even talked to and said, yeah, we're, we're going to limit how many high school kids we recruit in the future. Mm-hmm. That won't be what we do. Um, and I think and that's maybe an unfor- unfortunate part of this that, that might happen uh, in some cases. Um, I think we'll always recruit high school kids, but it's an avenue. I understand Matt's point. As a matter of fact, I just talked to Matt yesterday about some things. I, I get his point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he, I think what he was doing right there was, was saying, hey, listen, we're going to be just fine. Um, and we, you know, the reality is, is they've been just fine for a while now. We know that he's, he's run an outstanding program. Um, I, I think in a lot of cases, as you guys know, transfers, um, are, are often good uh, for, for both parties. Mm-hmm. They just work out well. Um, maybe it's run its course, or you know, maybe there's just a young guy that's taken an older guy's position. Um, so I think the fact that that, that uh, you know it's sometimes reflected poorly. The reality is, it's 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 a part of our game. It's always going to be a part of our game, and and uh, I don't look much beyond it. Other than that, I do think we're going to see. 
the one-time transfer rule pass, mm-hmm. guys. Um, I think the argument that everyone sits or no one sits um, is a good argument. I don't think that's ever going to really pass to that extent. I think it's going to be a situation where we'll see uh, the one-time transfer mm-hmm. pass. And coach, we have to ask, one of the things that I think is interesting about the transfer process is obviously the transfer portal and the way and what that plays in this whole process, right? Because if there's one thing we know about college basketball, the the players and the coaches, there's a respect there where you don't show up your coach. I remember, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, did the famous dunk, you know, in Maryland, Lefty Drizel gets an apology from Dean Smith, right? Like you don't, you don't show up your coach, but when you put your name in a transfer portal and it becomes, uh, you know, on the message boards and, and they point to it and they say, so-and-so is going to leave, it, it does sort of show up the coach a little bit. And then we get that, you know, that back and forth. So knowing that the transfer portal was there, do you, is there a policy you maybe put in place? You're like, look, if you want to transfer, just come to me first, you know, at least so I know so that when it gets public, I, I can deal with it because once it's out there, it's out there, right? Is there, is there something like that that may be put in place with programs? I've never had a kid transfer or put his name in the portal without having extensive conversations on the front end and knowing exactly when that's going to happen. I think if a kid were to do that, it'd be really telling on, on the young man. If you're surprised by the, I think sometimes that is the, the perception that, that uh, a, a kid slipped his name in the transfer portal in the compliance office and no one told the coach and the compliance isn't necessarily compelled to tell the coach. But you guys know these conversations happen um, after the season and they happen in a really direct and intense way. What you want is you want to have very honest conversations about the role that you see for them mm-hmm. next year and what they want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it doesn't match or if it doesn't meet or if you can't um, meet those expectations, then it, again, then, then often it's, it's, it's best for that. But I, I think sometimes we as coaches too, and I've caught myself in this, you have to take a step back. Um, and I think most of us do that. But, uh, you, you know, you, for me, I, I try not to take it personal. I try to look at it and say, okay, it's just I'm best for the young man. Uh, we'll move on. We'll have a very successful program, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll wish the young man well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something more fun because this is. <laughs> I was just I was putting my I was putting my serious journalist hat on and having to ask the questions that are uh, dominating the the day. Um, when are we getting the 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 Ohio version of the Crossroads Classic? Because I feel like this falls on your shoulders, Coach. Ohio State is the flagship school in the state of Ohio. Apologies to the other three bum programs that exist, <laughs> but uh, we call the shots at Ohio State. And so, if this is ever going to happen, I feel like it's got to be Ohio State that makes it happen. I get asked about this all the time. Will there ever be a day where Ohio State, Xavier, Cincinnati, and Dayton play in a doubleheader like the, the four big schools in Indiana do? Well, listen. Um, <laughs> well, well, no, well, he's, like, he's like, let's go back to the transfers. That's easier to talk about. <laughs> oh, that was so much easier than this topic. This is a hot one in our state for sure. Um, I think we're at the point right now where um, we're getting enough people that have interest in 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 it happening i I do think i don't know that it'll happen in the next couple years because Mm -hmm. we're in tournaments other teams are in tournaments um but i think there's enough push for this to happen guys that i could see potentially and it may not be until 2023 or 2004 david egelhoff who obviously you know well Mm -hmm. um he has pushed this for years he's our operations guy and he's pushed this for years I will tell you, we have approached uh, in the last year and a half, we've approached the other institutions. 
some are on board. Mm -hmm. um, I think most will be on board. It's, it's you're exactly right, Mark. You're it's on us probably to find the date. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have to agree on a location too. And that's a little bit of a hurdle right now. Yeah. We are going to have to agree on our location because we know there's some really passionate basketball fans among those other schools. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, so that's a little bit of a hurdle we got to figure out. Right so what you say? Yeah, yeah he, what you say? Go just Dayton will not leave Dayton. Yeah, it, what he's saying is we're it, that, that's his way of saying we're not playing unless it's in Columbus, and all those other schools <laughs> are, are going to be very upset about that. <laughs> I will I will say there have been some contingencies uh, in place. Yeah. Um, there have been some contingencies in place that have not been agreed upon yet. Um, but, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I do think that um, that location, dates, figuring out how it works, there's enough push for it. I think there's enough people to look at it and say, why, why haven't you done it mm. yet? Uh, I don't know if you guys would agree on that or not. But I think there's, you know, again, back to Roy, one of the things he does, he, he plays anybody and anybody. He'll play wherever. Um, I think it's something we have to initiate, Mark, and hopefully well, we get it done. I think Coach Mata, I, th I remember talking to him about it. He had more of the philosophy of, like, there's nothing to gain, which I kind of see that perspective. Yeah. But I'm more I'm more in line with with your thought of just, you know, it's, it's great for and, – and the other thing, I guess, like, when Coach Mata and I talked about it, what was it, five, ten years ago – uh, to be to be quite honest, like the other three programs were at a different spot, you know, like Cincinnati yeah. and, and Xavier and Dayton, uh, they've kind of elevated themselves in, in recent years. Great where like losing to Dayton now isn't embarrassing. It's not like you're if you're Ohio State, you lose to Dayton this year, like it's it's a, a stain on the program. Like it might have been. Um, I mean, it kind of was. We lost to Dayton in the NCAA tournament, to Aaron Kraft, and like it was like a, the biggest deal in the world. So uh, your guy was falling. Yeah, yeah this, this guy was falling. Yeah, you're exactly right. I deal with non-conference high major games is I don't want to schedule so, so your point's a good one when we schedule non-conference high major games which is what those would be I want to schedule NCAA tournament teams mm -hmm. because we know the committee puts such a premium on that now are you scheduling tournament teams and then are you beating those teams so for us that's that's really what it's been about we scheduled Cincinnati when we got here and it was really Gene Smith's idea, and I was on board with it, but they had been to, what, like 14 straight NCAA mm -hmm. tournaments? Mm -hmm. So it made a lot of sense. And you're right, Dayton and Xavier have proven how good they the, are. The other thing Coach Mott was, was scared to do was playing the Maui Invitational Coach. Um, mm -hmm. What what are our thoughts here? When are we getting out to Maui? Is this something on your radar? It is on our radar. Okay. It's on our radar right now for, uh, I believe, 2022-23 uh, mm -hmm. maybe, that mm -hmm. season. And I know you guys often, uh, maybe annually, make an appearance out there. Um, so I'm hoping that'll happen. I think everything's scheduling, to be honest with you guys, has changed a little bit uh, with the virus. Mm. Um, so th there, there may be some changes that we have to look at, but we are scheduled to play that. And I, I've seen the changes. Coach Calipari came out and, and apologized to all the Kentucky fans that they were, they were going to lose a London game that they were supposed to play this year. And then it just got me thinking a little bit, Coach. You know, a lot of these situations, you can use a location to get your team there and to have a trip, right? Like you, you were an interim coach with Butler, but you go to Atlantis. Titus has mentioned in Maui. As a coach, is there any destination? Is it Alaska? Do you want to go to the Alaskan shootout or something <laughs> like that? Is there, there something that you want to go, like a destination where you're like, we, we need to figure out a game to schedule here? Uh, is there a wish list for Chris Holt? Maui was up there, fellas. Mm -hmm. Maui was really up there. Like, I, I've not been to Maui yet, and I've had like coaches tell me, hey, listen, it takes you two to three full weeks. Your team's not going to be the same, uh, you know, for an entire month. Like, four stories <laughs> about that. Um, so, 
to be honest with you, Maui's the place that I've, I've thought about and really considered. Uh, Charleston as, as well. Charleston's a good one. Uh, Maui's a good one, Coach. So those, it, basically any tropical place we can get to now, we all want to go mm. to. Yeah, yeah I, Char- Charleston's been one. Maui has been one. We're in Florida next year mm. uh, for, for just two games uh, as of now. So, you know, we're going to continue to do that. I, I, I have talked to that about his reasoning and scheduling. He was – he had scheduling down uh, here for sure. He, he kind of mastered that. Um, obviously, it's different. It's really changed now with what the NCAA values, both in tournament uh, at large first mm-hmm. and seeding. Just it really matters who you play. So there's going to be less guarantee. There are less guarantee games now than there've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am in favor, quite honestly. I'd like to play more home site, home uh, home and home games with with other mm-hmm. um, high major teams. Mm-hmm. I don't love the neutral site games. I, I love the CBS Sports Platform, but I love the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the Gavit games. Those, those are phenomenal uh, environments, and I think they're really good for our fans. I think they're needed in our games. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's uh, – uh, I, I think, like, one – it, it, we've kind of overdone it with the uh, with, Maui was almost too successful. And then everyone was like, we need to have a million of these preseason tournaments. And um, yeah. just kind of, I don't know. I, I I'm very much an on-campus guy as well. <laughs> um, one thing, one thing you never talk about coach and you're, you're great with the me- first. Okay. I was about to ask you another question. Now I want to ask this. Um, you're, you're great with the media. You are, uh, but, but you're also like, you, you've mastered the coach speak, but every so often you're not afraid to kind of like say something interesting. What, how much, how conscious are you of this? Like how, <laughs> I feel like 85% of the time you're just coach speak, but every so often you're not afraid to just like go after somebody or get in the mud a little bit. Um, is this a conscious decision or is it just like you get caught in the right moment and you're a little pissed off and you're like, screw it. It's a little of both, Mark. It's a little of both. Um, the, 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 I, get, I get pissed off uh, and, and uh, pop off and always regret. Like all <laughs> And I'm, you know, I get crushed. Um, <laughs> I popped off. You know, I popped off after we got we beat uh, a team in the NCAA tournament our first year because we were picked to get upset. And, yeah. You know, I had everybody from South Dakota State killing me. Yep. Um, from South Dakota in general, like <laughs> I always, I always regret it. I'm like, couldn't we have just won more graciously or whatever the case? Maryland may be. fans are nodding along right now. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mark, Mark and I engaged a little bit, uh, and and he gave me a little nudge. He kept uh, he kept at it himself, so I, I did. Uh, yeah, I did fire back a few times. But listen, we are who we are. We're we're um, we're emo- It's an emotional game. Um, I, I I'm with you. I, sometimes uh, coach speak can get it's just boring. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, you know. And and I have great respect for people who do it and do it at a really high level. But there are times where I want our fans and the media to see who I am. That includes all my flaws and my emotion, and so be it. But uh, I've had a few. One thing you're great at with Coach Speak is in the preseason uh, talking about how much you hate your team. This is a big thing that uh, every time I every time I talk to other media people, um, they they always call you out privately. Uh, the, the few people, yeah, I've talked to about this that are like, "Man, that guy, I can't get a straight answer out of him whenever we talk preseason." So, with that being said, how much do you hate your team going into next year? How bad are we going to suck? I like, I like our team. Oh, oh God, I, like, I don't know if I want to hear that. <laughs> no, I just uh, – I think in what, what – what, you're with your team all the time. I mean, we love – obviously, you love our play. I've loved our players, love our team. But the reality is, is what you're trying to do 
is is manage all the outside noise, right? Yeah. Uh, as much as possible in today's day and age. And in a way, you're trying to protect your players in, in a lot of ways from all that comes with that. Reality is I really like our team this year. You know, I, I think um, we need some summer together, guys. We do. Uh, at Ohio State, we have some new players that we're blending in. Uh, we have some young players that are taking steps forwards, returning guys that are, are in, in new roles. We need some time together this summer. Whether or not that'll happen, uh, we'll see. As of today, it looks like it might. I like our group. I like our guys. Listen, we're um, we are trying our best to to, uh, to do our very best here. I'm excited about uh, getting rolling with this group when we get them here. And, and, and coach, you mentioned coach. Yeah, I was going to say that was amazing, <laughs> coach speech. I love that so much. I was going to say I was waiting for one day at a time, and, uh, yeah. and and I guess it is one day at a time, right? You mentioned the voluntary workouts, and Titus and I, you know, we we see the news, we see the headlines that that's all happening. I mean, how how hard is it to kind of keep yourself from getting too eager or too ahead of yourself, and, and trying to actually you know play everything day by day? Because you know, obviously, as more information comes in, things are changing, and you know how much yeah. how much we'll be able to see the players and things like that every single day. I think that's uh, that's the challenge right now is we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like in a lot of ways. And uh, what, a, what a great life lesson for all of us, yeah. right? We just don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And there are bigger issues. Um, you know, I'll never forget being at the Big Ten tournament and I'm sitting there and you're hearing everything that goes on uh, with um, all the stuff, the NBA shutting down and you're hearing about something that could be coming. And you're thinking, I don't even know if it's right to play a college basketball game right now. And I think there have been moments for all of us where, where we've, we've said there's so much outside of what we can control. And there's so much bigger than what we're doing right now. Having said that, we know how important what we do uh, is for, for people and how much that's needed. And obviously, I'm really excited about college football and all that comes with that. Is, and, and then our season, hopefully. But um, I, we tried. We put plans in place. And then contingency plans, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. on what the summer could look like and what the fall could look like. And um, outside of that, I think we've tried to self-improve as much as we can through film uh, and through study and through talking to other coaches here in these last eight to ten weeks. And obviously, you know, I've probably spent as much as in, in some days 10 hours on the phone recruiting. So that's that's been a big part of what we've done. But right now, it literally is day to day. Mm -hmm. Well, Coach, we appreciate you uh, uh, giving us some time today. Um, before we let you go, though, uh, there there are two aspects of you I feel like you don't talk about enough. And this is what I was trying to ask you a little earlier before I got sidetracked. Um, and, and my question to you is, as Tate and I are, we're, we're kind of just a propaganda machine. That's the whole reason we started this show is like <laughs> make friends with people in college basketball and then be their mouthpiece for them and just kind yes, of pop exactly. them up as best we can. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> we learned from the best, Dick Vitale. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the word. We're Dick Vitale in training. So uh, we want to help you out here, coach. My question to you is which part, which, which aspect should we hype up more? Uh, your playing ability. Um, you, you, you had a great career at Taylor that doesn't get talked about enough. You, you kind of <laughs> let that float under the radar, how good of a, a player you were or your, your fashion, because I think you're the best dressed coach in college basketball that no one ever talks about because Jay Wright has hired a multi-million dollar PR team mm -hmm. to always be mentioned as the best dress and you never ever get yeah. mentioned. So which one should we focus more on? Your playing ability or your fashion? I'm telling you, fellas, it's got to be the fashion. Because <laughs> it's got to be the fashion. Yeah. Because when you compare my playing days 
see that most of the people I'm going up against, Juwan moved us all down a slot. Yeah. Um, it should definitely be fat. Yeah, Hoiberg. Yeah. 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 yeah, the new additions. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody asked me about Turgeon and I going one to one on the court, one on one on the court. I think he's got me. Yeah. So I'm at the very bottom of the Big Ten when it comes to play. Uh, maybe I can move up when it comes to fashion. Listen, <laughs> I've come a long way. If you roll, if you roll back the film to my Gardner Web days and the oversized suits, yeah, the, um, the big khakis, a, the oversized suits. I remember, Coach. I remember those games. I had an. Oh, I think I might have worn it to the Carolina game one day. Oversized khaki tan yeah, suit yeah. that just like I mean, it was. It's so North Carolina. Ruined. It's North Carolina. <laughs> it, it had no place in that environment ever. Um, but I wore it and I was really proud of it at the moment. And, uh, I look back on it in shame. That's for sure. No, no, no. It was still great coach. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, one of the best dress coaches in college basketball, Chris Holman. Thanks coach. You guys enjoy listening. It'd be great being with you. Be well. Thanks coach. All right. Thanks to Cole, coach Holman for joining us. Um, breaking news state, Ohio state going to the Maui invitational. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. He, he kind of was, was cavalier with that. Did we just break that news? We are the Maui guys. We are the, uh, we are the Maui boys. We are yeah, the we are. we are the people that went to Maui. We are the people um, that uh, put on shirts. We are the brand ambassadors, and it, it is uh, we are headline chasing always. So when he says something like that, yeah. we immediately look at each well, other and we say headline. The big headline is the Ohio uh, thing might be yeah, happening yeah. potentially, eventually, as we said. <laughs> <as we say, laughs> eventually, yeah, 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 one day, just like the Maui Invitational for Ohio State. One the day. Ohio doubleheader could potentially, maybe one day, eventually happen. But um, no, Fingers it seems crossed. like it seems like Holman's down for it. I'm down for it. We're all down for it. That's what we all want. We all want it in Ohio, but um, only if Ohio State wins. I'm down for it up until like we lose to Xavier or something, and then Xavier fans tweet at me and and rub it in my face. Then I'm like, this was a bad idea. You're like, hey, I, don't, I don't want to do this. All the Dayton fans that we love this year, they're all coming back at you. are like, uh, yeah, pass. pass I'm all it. for it. As long as it's, uh, people patting me on the back for like, kind of pushing this idea forward and making it a reality. Yeah. Not, is, not pointing is, to a loss yeah. or anything like that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's currently where we're at right now. Is like, people are applauding me for like using whatever platform I have to like, kind of make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I like that setting, but like when we actually lose, to one of these schools, I'm going to be really pissed you off. You just have to remind them. Just have the clip queued up. You know what I mean? You yeah. just play that clip. You're like, you remember uh, this? You're welcome. Uh, all right. Shout out to closeouts. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Shout out for me. Uh, shout out to the all-in challenge. I, I like the the whole concept behind that. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of challenges. I remember like the ice bucket challenge mm-hmm. that one summer when everyone had to do that. Uh, the that presidential physical fitness challenge has scarred me for my entire life because yeah, I cannot yeah. do pull-ups because I hit puberty before everyone else and. Well, I, I couldn't do the sit and reach because I have really long legs and really shorter arms. So it was a, <laughs> it was a whole problem. And uh, anyways, yeah, I feel the same way about that. The All-In Challenge is great. And I just saw Roy Williams uh, just put in for the All-In Challenge. And guess what you can get if you go with Roy Oh, if you, if you bid with Roy – oh, my God. What are you – are you gambling? Are you playing craps with him? Well, <laughs> no. You, you're doing, I'll do you one better. You're going to the UNC Ohio State game at the CBS Classic. Wait, you're what? Going, you're, you're going to meet Roy Williams. You're going to get four tickets to the UNC Ohio State game and you're going to dine with former players and there's another comma that says and more and my goal my shout out is to become the and more let us be the and more let us be the and more we can be the and more yeah Please, so we'll, we'll get Greg there too. Uh, we'll turn. And we'll, it we'll turns tr- from like a North Carolina <laughs> road. <laughs> it's just like Scooney Pin and Greg Oden and Mark Titus are also here. You're like, uh, <laughs> I think I'm all the way in now. <laughs> or what if we did? What if we did our own all in of that? Um, 
that uh, the, the CBS thing where you can bid on the Roy Williams thing. Yes. Roy, Roy's is for the rich people and ours is for the common man that uh, like if you yeah. can come with us to try to find Roy Williams and yes, the other yes, coaches in yes. the casino. <laughs> That's what you're bidding on. You bid $10,000 to hang out with Roy Williams and you bid 10 bucks to hang out with us and we go try to find Roy Williams. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's our all-in challenge. We'll put that we out. Have Greg, we have Greg Owen with us and he puts on a Roy Williams wig or Roy and Williams no, mask. Yeah, but he's tall enough too to look for him. We're like, Greg, do you see anything? Yeah. He's like, nah, I don't see anything. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Damn it, Craig. Use your height. We're the Hardy boys out, out looking for a, a, a man. That's um, a great Allen Jones. That is great. Uh, I want to shout out um, Memorial Day is this weekend, Tate. The Indy mm. 500 is supposed to happen. Uh, I, I ask you, what should I do with my plans? This is the first Memorial Day I can remember in a very long time that I have not had anything to do because I always go to the Indy 500 and it's not happening. It's, it's got pushed back to August. So fingers crossed it'll actually happen in August and we can still make it happen this summer. Um, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my Memorial Day. I've never had a free Memorial Day weekend. I uh, I honestly, I mean, maybe cook hot dogs and hamburgers, I would right. say. I mean, it seems like a cookout vibe, but we can't obviously get We can't cook out. So I maybe, guess. Maybe, maybe we can Zoom cookout. I don't know. I'm saying works. that. I like how, I like how like, dumb I am with, with that comment, as though like the rest of the world is continuing with their Memorial Day plans. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're like, what is everyone else up to on their Memorial Days? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm the yeah. one guy that's uh, inconvenienced here. <laughs> I wish that we could have all gone to the Indy 500. That, 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 that seems like a next year, hopefully, or, or eventually. That I'm seems like to, an eventually. That's a that's a Kyle Crichton special right there. The Indy 500. I gotta oh, get yeah. him there. Yeah, with a G and his shirt on. And, while he's, yeah, 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 yeah. While he's still living, basically, until he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so shout out, shout out to all the fine people of Indianapolis that were uh, were supposed to be putting on the Indy 500 this year. Also, shout out to Aunt Becky going to the clink for two months. Um, she's pleading guilty to the uh, the trial of the century. Free Aunt Becky, yeah. The the trial of the century. Uh, she she is pleading guilty. Um, yeah. So that's that. She's going to to serve more jail time than any of the college basketball coaches, except for the one. I, who who was it? Book Richardson ended up going to. I don't know. Who Three cares? months, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, yeah. I think it's like th- it's, it's all, all in it's all in month increments, and uh, we should say, eventually. I mean, when Lori Laughlin, that story came out last year, we talked about the bag moms uh, and we talked about the whole experience and and we heard a lot of numbers thrown out. And here's my here's my thing. You talked about things that you don't like to see or like arguments that we're against. My argument is like, don't give me the false narratives at the top. Don't give me the worst case scenario for sentencing. Just give me what you expect, mm-hmm. you know, because with sentencing, it's like could be up to 42 up to, yeah. years. And, you know, it's like I don't need to see that. I just want to see what we expect. Uh, and, and good for her, you know, free Lori Laughlin, you- free the bag moms. If you pirate this copy of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, you could sir, you could have a fine up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars and fifteen mm-hmm. years in prison. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we don't come on, uh, up to, up to, up to. Can you imagine like yeah, actually getting this? <laughs> the the FBI's eventually is up to. That's how they yeah. use. It. They're like up to this amount of time. Uh, shout out to Joe Ingles. Uh, we mentioned mm-hmm. Mac McClung mm-hmm. at the start of this program. Mac McClung has seven schools that he would like to attend. Um, someone tweeted at Joe Ingles, of course, the Utah Jazz. He said, uh, is Mac McClung the next Joe Ingles? Joe Ingles quote tweeted that, said, I don't know who he is, but he is def not the next me. <laughs> so for all the Mac McClung That's fans so that were holding on to Joe Ingles, uh, the comparison there, he does not like that. So <laughs> pass on that one. Uh, shout out to Josh Langford, who is trying to come back to Michigan State, Tate. Uh, he's, he's been battling injury problems for a long time now. His career is supposed to be done. Uh, he had senior night 
He went through the senior, the, the, the world famous Michigan state senior night festivities. I was at that game. Um, and he, he was saying goodbye to all the fans, but now apparently he's going to try to come back. He's going to try to be healthy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get from. I, I have my doubts that will actually be cleared and will actually play. And even if he does, I have a feeling he's not going to be anywhere close to as good as we remember him. But, uh, you know, if the kid wants to keep playing basketball and he thinks there's a chance he can, I support it. I'm for it. It would be awesome to see him back out there. It's a great Izzo story. Eventually. Too. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Leave it at eventually. Eventually when he's back, it'll be great for everyone. But the, the only thing I will say, shout out to real sports storylines like that coming back into the forefront where it's mm-hmm. like so-and-so is you know down to his top seven schools. Like we got NASCAR on the weekend. We got uh, – mm-hmm. things are happening. Uh, and they're happening slowly, but eventually – we will be back. It's not people are fighting again. Like it used to be like, <laughs> like there, there was that stretch there where people were coming together and, and helping your fellow man and all that mm. stuff. That's mm. to hell with all that. We're back to fighting <laughs> about dumb shit like MJ versus LeBron and it's got you a good coach. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. We're, mm-hmm. the, we're the, 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 the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, speaking of fighting, Dan Marley is suing Grand Canyon. I forgot to shout that out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep tabs on that one. Yeah, yeah let, let's. Gonna, that's one of those ones where you can't even shout that out because there's too much to dive into. So we'll just yeah. like leave that hanging there. Dan Marley. We're gonna keep an eye on that one. We're, yeah, gonna, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna monitor that eyes. situation. For Either sure. it's one Dickie V good eye or both of our eyes yeah. that we're gonna keep on that situation. That's uh, and then you said things are coming back to normal. Uh, shout out to Disney World, which apparently is going to be the the site of the NBA if it does come back. Like Disney World is preparing. They, they said that Disney World is in full – it fully expects to be hosting NBA games. Um, whether it actually happens or not, they don't know, but they are fully prepared to uh, to do that. I, I don't know what the whole full plan is, but if, like, the idea is that you're just going to sequester all the NBA players and on one campus and not let anyone in or out, 0% chance that happens, right? Like, there's no way the NBA players are just going to, like, stay hanging out at their little dorm rooms and not leave the bubble that they're in. Um that's not going to happen. But well, it, it's also funny because Jared Dudley, you know, he's on the Lakers and he has Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and he was asked about this sequestered bubble type situation. He said that as teammates, they will not let AD or LeBron leave because they want to protect them. Not yeah. realizing that once they leave and come back, they obviously could get them sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah. I, yeah. There's just a lot of that kind of stuff where, like, I see these comments where it's like. We're going to make sure Giannis never leaves the bubble. And if I'm yeah. Giannis, I'm like, what? You're going to fly me to Florida first, and then you're going to lock me in a bubble, and then you're going to make me play basketball? What? Wait, what? What? what that sound you, like? know, <laughs> you know how many women are going to be outside of that campus, like Eric Andre shaking the gates? Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> Man, we're trying to uh, crown a champion right now. We cannot have you uh, yeah, uh, yeah, please, com- please, compromising please. the health of all of our... NBA People players. hiding in Splash Mountain <laughs> and all these other places just to try to sneak in. Oh, man. Gonna be good. Oh, oh, shout out to uh, Brownsburg High School, my alma mater, uh, right. uh, Brownsburg, Indiana. We are officially a Jordan brand, Tate. I forgot to, I forgot to bring that up. Uh, I, thought, I thought you would like to know that. Brownsburg High School is officially the football team. That's how serious it is, is going to be wearing the Jordan logo on our jerseys. What, what, what's the rival school? Avon? Avon, right? yeah, yeah, Avon. yeah, yeah. Avon yeah. would never. Avon, Avon is like... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Avon yeah. is sponsored by Asics or something. Like, Avon is yeah. leaning, like, garbage. Okay. Avon is garbage. Okay, Avon is, good. like, absolute embarrassment to... But, yeah, Brownsburg's got the Jordan brand, so hopefully I can get a little kickback. Like, for anyone listening in Brownsburg at BHS, send your boy some some purple dog skis <laughs> with the Jordan logo. 
Here's what we need. Here's the final determinant. Who, like you asked what the stakes are on the Jordan LeBron bait. Here we go. The King James brand, the king that we see at Ohio State, they go to Avon. They, they slap <laughs> yeah, all the kings. Yeah, yeah. And then Brownsburg has Jordan. And then every single year they play it out. And whoever wins the game that year, we're like, oh, Jordan's the guy. Yeah, right, right, and if right. LeBron wins, Avon wins, oh, The LeBron's stakes have never been yeah. higher. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, every, every high school football game. Rural in Indiana. Indiana, suburban Indiana, yes. <laughs> high school basketball games. That's, that's um, my pitch. All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you to Chris Holman for joining us. Thank you guys all for listening. We'll see you. See you on Tuesday.